I'm not sure the yeah. council would go for that. I'm not sure the Jedi Council is going to go for but that. But you know what? Look, let's be real. The Jedi kind of suck. The uh, Jedi kind of suck. I don't like the Jedi. The Jedi are assholes. They're they're yeah. they're kind of shitty and not very smart. And honestly, this whole clone trip, and I'll get into it in the episode, but like this whole thing, I can't believe it took me as long as it did to go, hey, yeah, cloning some guy and basically just using clones as an army is kind of immoral and fucked up, isn't it? And yeah. the Jedi basically setting themselves up as the superior officers for all of it. Like, this is a, this is this is not okay. Like, <laughs> this is deeply wrong. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You know what else is deeply wrong? What's that? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Pixlet. My name is Kevin. With me, as always, is Phil. And on today's show, we're talking Republic Commando Hard Contact. By Karen Travis. And it is a Star Wars book uh, in the Republican, not Republican Commando. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a very, I'd play that. That's a different, that's a a different type. Different game. That is. Final final boss is storming January 6th. Like just. That's basically Far Cry 5. I mean, you know what? Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Final. Oh, this is January 6th. <laughs> <laughs> like, if this was the 90s, yes, there would have been, like, a game uh, made on the uh, whatever whatever uh, Postal was made on. Is it the Source Engine or, yeah, or sure. something? Um, where it was, like, like, Jan 6 Stormer or something like that. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, Jesus. Republican commando. Good Lord. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it's part of the Republic Commando series, which was intended as like a multimedia like effort um, of books and games. Um, So they they didn't really um, it it never really got finished. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia of it. And so you have Hard Contact, which is the first thing that comes out, and that's a book. And then you have Republic Star Wars Republic Commando, the yep. game, uh, which was made by LucasArts. And then you have a bunch of like short stories and novels, everything written by Karen Travis. There was also another game, Republic, Republic Commando Order 66. Um, I don't know if that's a port of the... Uh, no, it's, it's its own. Oh, wait a minute. Was this a... It was a... It was a mobile game. Ew. Um, oh. No, here's the thing. I said ew as in, like, I don't, I actually kind of like, there's a lot of mobile games I like, but this is a mobile game in 2005. Um, I see. I see. <laughs> a phone, a phone game in 2005. You can't imagine that this was, like, really anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there are a bunch of, uh, there are a bunch of novels. Uh, there was supposed to be a game that kind of culminated the whole thing called uh, Imperial Commando. Uh, yes. That was canceled. And there was one and book in that series, too. There was one book, and there was supposed to be a second book. So mm-hmm. it was supposed to be Imperial Commando 501st, and then there was uh, that was the only novel that came out. There was a, supposed to be a second novel written by Karen Travis and a Imperial Commando video game. But those two things were canceled. And according to this, um, I mean, 
I don't know. It doesn't say why it was canceled necessarily, but it was. It it looks like like we're closing in on the Disney purchase. Um, uh, so it probably that's probably when things kind of like I, I'm seeing here uh, that at least as far because this looks I mean this is such a great idea in terms of like taking Republic Commando and moving onward into Imperial Commando and the changes that that's a fascinating idea to the point that yeah 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 I, I actually really want to read these um, and it says here that uh, she didn't write the sequel to Imperial Commando, at least the book, because of the uh, Clone Wars television series, and they were having issues with canon stuff. Uh, oh, gotcha. And, and so yeah, that makes similar, sense. It's similar to the Disney buy thing, like canon shit. Uh, and this is my edition of the book has that lovely legend. Legends, yeah. Fuck you, Disney. Um, it's been relegated. <laughs> and that's the thing it's like it's like i was as excited as anybody else when the new trilogy came out and a lot of these new shows that are coming out some of them look really good some of them are good um but <laughs> it's like you look at uh the stories that take place the way that the canonical story takes place after jedi uh, in the books with, like, the Yuzang Vong and, like, all this, like, yeah. Vector Prime and all that shit. And yeah. it's it's absurd and it's crazy and really over the top. And it's still better than what we ended on right. with the and final trilogy. And it's hilarious because you got, um, you got what's his name? Uh, the guy who did, who was the, sh the runner for the Clone Wars series. Uh -huh. um, he was clearly a fan of the old canon yeah. because he includes um like the ahsoka series the ahsoka uh tv show that just came out i mean the the main villain is grand admiral thrawn you know right he's like he's been like slowly like weaving in like stuff from the legends canon because like i feel like he even recognizes how cool some of this shit was some of it's amazing yeah like so make you know, like it's, vector it's prime canon anymore make it canon again yeah like <laughs> let's make it canon again yeah like vector prime which was that's the one where chewbacca gets killed yeah right? they, you had, they gets, you can't just spoil alert for like a 20 year old book but 20 year old you can't book. just kill that's that's quote not canon anymore but well that's true that's a good point but you can't kill Chewie just any old way they had to crush him with a goddamn planet <laughs> that's the only way you can get rid of that Wookiee bastard like you gotta smash him with the moon I if you're gonna fucking R.A. Salvatore a lot of people were pissed off at him over that decision but uh, you know if you're gonna do it R.A. damn yeah. God fucking damn it, man! You he didn't you die do like it. some bitch going down trying to get his son to to join him and and give up bad ways and then get sliced in half with a lightsaber. God, they really did that to Han Solo. They did him so dirty. I know Harrison Ford was thrilled, and and I respect his wishes. Uh, but god damn, they did Han dirty. They did. They did Han so fucking dirty in that yeah. movie. Yeah. They did so many things dirty in in that movie, and I'll never forgive. I'll never. I, I will never forgive J.J. Abrams. They just. They just. I understand what. Like so. I I understand it now. I understand Star Trek fans that were pissed off at J.J. Abrams, and I was like, well, mm. I, I'm not because I'm not a big Trek Trek guy, no, right? So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. I thought they were pretty good. Whatever. And, and and then he went and he did it to Star Wars. And I'm like, 
Oh, I get it. I get yeah, it. I see. He went. He went from your thing to my thing, and he did the thing that you hated over there to yeah. my thing. Yeah. So Abrams we're united is, now. I mean, Abrams. <laughs> oh God, that man. Uh, I'm glad that we live in an era where people are mostly wise to his bullshit, but it, it's just. It's just, uh, yeah, it's just, he, he took one of the most important franchises in the modern world and just, just clearly the level of not taking it seriously was just off the charts and off the charts, off the charts. Uh, yeah. So, you, and I think there's so much, you know, there's, there's obviously there's a bunch of things that happen like, uh, he, he, like he fucking lets, lets Oscar Isaac talk him into stay his character staying alive he carrie fisher literally fucking dies during production of yeah uh the second one you know things like that um but you know you just gotta be a fucking better filmmaker overall than what we had and just you you should have a clear vision of how it's going to start and end before yeah. you get started and not just fake it as you go. Somehow the Emperor has returned. I just... I hadn't seen that movie. I had never seen that one until earlier this year. I just skipped out on it. I didn't want to know. I, I, In the end, I came out mostly positive on the second one. Uh, it, it had yeah. problems, but... God, it had some some of the most picturesque moments in. Oh yeah, Ryan the franchise. I mean, it was, it's Ryan Johnson. It, it was He's... great, and 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 finally, Emily and I did this thing this this year where we we actually just watched a bunch of trilogies, and we watched all nine Star Wars films, sure. like main canon Star Wars films, and uh, and she this is this is one of the rare instances where she out geeked me because she had seen all three of the new trilogy, but I yeah. had not, and she was like. Do you know what happened? And somehow, Kevin, I didn't. I had avoided. Wow. I, I had like some vague idea of Emperor something, but I didn't. I, I had somehow avoided the worst of it. I'm actually pretty good at that. If I don't want to be spoiled, I, I can. I can avoid it. Generally speaking, right. Um, but uh, and I, I watched that, and I was. She she looked and she goes, "Look, I'm not a Star Wars geek and everything like that, but I know why people were pissed. I can see yeah. why people were pissed." And I was like, yeah. "Okay, wow, all right, sure. Let's now. I really need to watch it." And it was just, I was amazed. You know at what the level I was? I don't give a fuckery. Yeah, you know what I was. Uh, what was wild to me was the first one is. They like we we made a Death Star, but it's a it's a super Death Star, Planet yeah. Death Star, <laughs> Planet Death, and it can shoot kill a bunch of planets at once. Um, and because of time dilation, you see the all them all happen at the same time. And I'm like, oh, oh, fine, whatever, fine, fine. Where are we going with this? And we're like, we're destroying all these planets. And I'm like, oh shit, that sucks. Yeah. I had no idea that meant that the entire New Republic was destroyed. Oh, until yeah. this, like, I was like, "Wait, why are they on the run? Like, you mean there was like they destroyed every New Republic planet? That Off camera, yeah. Like, like it was only like they destroyed five planets. I don't think they destroyed Coruscant. What's going on here? Why would right. they be on the why? 
like, I understand this is a massive disaster, but there have been other times when the bad guys have destroyed a populated planet in Star Wars, and it yeah. didn't mean that the fucking, there just wasn't any ships anymore. Right, right. <laughs> it just, it just, it was, it set everything in a weird tone, and it was like an artificial sense of urgency that was just kind of plopped in your lap and it just it didn't yeah I don't know. yeah ladies and gentlemen what you're hearing right now is uh, a couple of aging geeks who despite the fact that this podcast has been going for about two and a half the uh two and a half years um have never covered a star wars anything on this show and we're just letting loose we're right ripping that bat. band-aid off right now baby right off the bat yeah <laughs> that's how this works that's how this works oh god um, yeah, so, and I just have to ask you this. After you watched mm-hmm. all nine. Yeah. What were your feelings? And I, I, we did that like a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. We watched all nine. I came out of that with better feelings about the prequel trilogy mm-hmm. than I had when I was younger. What was your what was your no, vibe? No, no, that, that, didn't, that didn't change for me. That didn't um, change at all. <laughs> that didn't change for me. I I appreciate the fact that nowadays, especially um, geeks in their, especially the aging ones, are starting to come around and realize that Hayden Christensen was in kind of an impossible position. He's sure. not the reason that those movies failed. Uh, if anything, right. Natalie Portman is just as awful in them as he is, but he's the one who got all the, the fucking dirt slung at him. Uh, yeah. And it's just when you've got terrible dialogue, there's only so much you can fucking do with it. So I'm glad that he's getting kind of a a clap on the back these days. You know, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, he's showing he up got, at cons and people are cheering he, for him. He, I love that. I think that's yeah, great. Yeah, he came back as to play Anakin yeah, in, yeah. in in the Ahsoka series. And by, and by all accounts, kind of did an incredible because, job. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and uh, so good for him. I think that's great. I wouldn't mind, and we've talked about this before, I wouldn't mind some sort of TV show where it's like prototype Vader, like yeah. going off and like starting shit like that. I would watch him in that. That'd be fine. Yeah, if just watch. A, I would just fucking watch Vader. Sure. Yeah. If, yeah. If you've got a good, if you've got a good, uh, if you've got a good uh, writer for it and everything. Um, but no, those those films are still hot garbage. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I think, I'll tell you what it did make me want to do. It did yeah. make me want to somehow, in some way crack open the impenetrable walnut of the Clone Wars series. Um, yes. So, there's and so that's, much of it, though. Every time I want to start, it's like yeah. 200 hours. And I'm like, Jesus and that, Christ. Yeah, the Clone Wars series and Rebels. Yes. Um, the, base, the, the two, Dave Filoni, that's his name. The two Dave Filoni series are kind of like the things that make, they're like the redeeming features of the prequel era yeah. stuff. Right. So, yeah. and honestly, I mean, you could go back and watch the uh, uh, Gennady Tarkovsky Clone War series, which was super stylized and all that. It was like mm. running when the movies came out. But then there's the second Clone War series that came out much later uh, by Dave Filoni, which um, not as heavy on the style, but in terms of like the fucking war story shit yeah. that you're looking for, still targeted towards kids, teens, whatever, 
but it and not a, it's not like for adults or whatever. It's not like a fucking Andor. Um, right, right, yeah. It's not that bleak. Yeah, it's not that bleak, but it's uh, it's good. It has a lot of fucking good stuff in it. There yeah. are some moments in Rebels, or no, in the last season of Clone Wars, where just the cinematography of uh, I mean, I know it's all CG, but the cinematography, just the shot design, was mm. impeccable. Um, and uh, because I don't know, it, it's just amazing to see uh, that kind of care and effort put into stuff like that. Uh, and, and, when, that was the, and that was the one thing I had always heard that those series were were amazing. That they were that yeah. they were just like uh, in many people's real love eyes, letters to right. the Star Wars universe. And it's like then you see then it's like. You got Dave Filoni gets all this, you know, does all this stuff. Then you get to J.J. Abrams with the fucking sequel series. Right. Uh, who clearly doesn't have that same connection no. to the universe that no. Dave Filoni, Filoni had. And I know a lot of people criticize Dave Filoni because he's very, very, um, he's very, very comic booky in sure. his character. Like, he loves to do the character crossovers, you know? He yeah. loves ca this character appearing in this thing and whatever. And then, you know, some people criticize him for that. I, I, I'm like, fine, fuck it, whatever. You know, it's, yeah. it's a saga. You can have characters. Yeah, you, you can do, you can, uh, that's, that's part of the fun. <laughs> you can have those cross lines, you know. And um, yeah. But yeah, I, so but I will say, go on, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 go for it. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I still think that the prequels are garbage, but I, able to, I was able to watch them uh, with a more critical eye in terms of what could be made of this that is so good as everyone says and by the end of the prequels I was able to see it I was able to go okay I they've set a lot of seeds here they've they've like there's a lot of stuff yeah. that they that they could play with that you could I, I can I get it I, I I I can see where that would be good I still have not braved uh that because that's gonna take a long time Um uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, you I, watch I it with it. your kid, you know. That's you see, you know what? That's a way to think about it. Eventually, that's, like that'll yeah. be that's a good way to think. That's about gonna it. be that's, a good way to. I'm gonna be revisiting everything with that boy. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be cool. That's gonna be yes, pretty cool. Yes. This kid is going to be just tempered and raw geek. Uh, it is, it's... <laughs> he shall be. He should be able, the the pure the purest of geek steel. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> My my my! In this, you can trust. Uh, that's another thing I'll show. Um, yeah. Uh, well, let's. You want to get on with it then? You want to? Yeah, uh, let's let's put, put oh, the body in the marsh. Let's put the body in the marsh. But you know, I, I do real quick want to say a little bit about Karen Travis. Oh yes, herself. Let's take that body back out of the marsh. Take for the a body second. out of the marsh. Uh, she is an English writer, and uh, and it does a lot of a lot of stuff. She she wrote like all of the Gears of War novels. Uh, wow, okay. She's written a bunch of Halo novels, and she's written a, a bunch of Star Wars stuff, including, like the, she, like you pointed out, the the entire Republic Commando series. Um, and I was pretty impressed with this book um, because of the military nature of it. It's very sure. authentic in that sense. And that's because Karen served in the, in the, uh, the UK's version of of uh, uh, the Army Reserves and the Navy Reserves, so she's oh, okay. She's actually she's very a military woman. First, first hand. She's okay. Yeah, got it. 
Yeah, so I I think it's I think that's pretty cool, and so we're we're probably yeah. going to be revisiting her if we ever get to the Gears of War. Uh, I'm series, sure we're gonna. I mean, Gears of War and Halo and I mean, Halo. We're gonna... and, yeah, and she's in that kind of mid level. Her first Halo book came out in 2011, so she's okay, not so as she... modern as some of the stuff we've read, but she's not as classic as some of the other ones. Got we've it. Read. So it might be a bit till we get to her. On yeah, the Halo but, but front. we will get to her. Uh, yeah. So this is, but. Honestly, this is this is this is a great way to get introduced to her. She's, yeah, this is nope. fantastic. I, I totally agree. And as uh, I believe it was Troy Denning said, uh, Karen Travis was was the one who kind of uh, influenced him to get into writing Halo. Uh, Did he say that? I totally forgot. Holy shit! I think that's it was. Cool. He think he was. He was talking about Karen Travis. Yeah. Oh, that's cool as shit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Karen, we're gonna get you on the show. We gotta uh, get you on the show, fun. Karen. Gotta get you on the show, Bubula. Um, okay. All right. Well, now, body. Now. Body in the marsh. Marsh body. The fucking size of dog is that? That's a big fucking dog, man. Okay. We open up. With a prologue, uh, we are introduced to a member of a Theta Squad, uh, Darman, who sets an explosive during a high-intensity battle uh, in uh, 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 the Geonosian planet. Uh, and we basically witness in a couple of pages uh, him losing his entire squad. And Republic Commandos are made up of four people squads. They are the best of the best. And they work in tiny groups that basically function as families for them. Uh, for all intents and purposes. So we get to witness the moment where he loses uh, his whole family, essentially. Right. Yep. Um, and not all of that is clear in the moment, but we get we, we do pick it up. So uh, we start out in Chapter 1 with uh, a, a report of uh, Republic ships uh, carrying literally thousands of wounded uh, and casualties after this battle in Geonosia. It it, it succeeded. They uh, accomplished their mission, uh, but the cost was crazy, crazy high. Yeah, Uh, this was literally, this is literally the final moments of episode two. Yes. Is, is this, is the battle on Geonosis where the, the clone troopers swoop down and and start you know uh, killing a lot of people. Yeah, and they <laughs> and they accomplish what they're out for, but at, at what cost? Um, we uh, Darman, also known as RC eleven thirty six, because all of the clone troopers are basically just given. Uh, serial code, and so they all kind of develop their own nicknames and that sort of thing. Uh, Darman, he is among a bunch of other clone troopers, not uh, commandos like himself. They, uh, the troopers are kind of more of your grunt, basic boots on the ground, meat shields, uh, and uh, kind of act like it when they see Darman. They're kind of impressed uh, by the look of him. Um, he is waiting for a pickup. Uh, very and makes a point of saying very specifically, this is not a retreat. Uh, we just we we got what we wanted. We're leaving. Um, he's re- and he's also waiting for the rest of his squad, who he assumes 
has made it out. Um, or it, maybe not assumes, maybe maybe the proper He's words. hoping. Yeah, hoping, and hoping. He, like, he like threatens the guy who is... Yeah. Who yeah. is like getting people onto the ship. And he's like, they're going to fucking come. Right, And right, he's yeah. like, ah, okay. And the, lo- the load master's <laughs> like, okay, man, just don't fucking... He just screams dookie <laughs> in Darman's face. And uh, dookie! Darman Dar- Dar- um, wants to know what's that smell. Um, <laughs> what's that smell? Uh, <laughs> dookie! Uh, so <laughs> eventually, he's basically alone. Nobody comes. He is informed that everybody, everybody, every anybody who isn't there is dead. Uh, so he he the deck is silent, and it and he just gets on a gunship, and it's a ship full of trauma. Uh, it is just, just all the bags of trauma everywhere. Oh, just everywhere. Just troopers and commandos, a bunch of guys who all look like each other, uh, just dealing with the horrors of war. Uh, he keeps asking about his squad, but, uh, basically he's, he's, he's like, you know, just like, look, it's, they're, they're gone. They're gone. They're, they're gone. He knew, he know, he like, you know, like identical twins know what, what's going on with their twin. Yeah. Twin sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. He, he, he has a vibe. He gets, Um, yeah, he figures it out. (laughs) And I think we also get some like interesting, uh, in this, in the, these moments on the ship where he's like asking around and talking and all that stuff. Some like interesting different differences between a rank and file file uh, clone trooper yeah. and uh, a commando yeah. Um, whereas like the commandos have better gear yeah, uh, and then they're harder trained than the troopers are, um, and the 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 troopers think the commandos are arrogant. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's it's so funny to think of it in terms of these being clones uh because they are they're all genetically identical uh right. but some of them are better than others at certain things and are chosen for special positions and resentment forms uh, right. uh so it they are not the um in many ways they lack a certain level of free will at least in the sense that they have been trained to death uh sometimes right. literally um, you hear a lot yes, about as we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You hear a lot about them dying in the training. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, you you do get some interesting the the better kit, better training. Uh, we get uh, existential crisis number one, uh, where he considers the fact that um, as a trooper or a commando, as as a clone, you basically don't need to know the purpose of your life. Uh, you already know what it is. It's to go out there and and go where the Jedi tell you to go and go kill people. Um, and he experiences shame, uh, even though they won. And and he kind of contemplates to himself, if this is how it feels to win, how much worse uh, would it have felt to lose? Right. Um, and that's just the beginning. Just of, the beginning of the existential meltdowns that make up, I would say, sixty percent of this book. Yeah. Because guess what, folks? Get ready to meet the worst Jedi ever. The worst. The worst. Yes. And we <laughs> cut to uh, the planet Quirlura, uh, where Itain Tur Muran uh, is running from uh, a weak way uh, sex pest, let's just say. Uh, yeah, it, no, it, he, he's, a, he's feeling a little amorous. Yeah, I guess. yeah. He is. He is. He is uh, uh, trying to find her, uh, and it just seems kind of at first like 
uh, he's a nasty character who maybe she met in a bar or something like that. But it does get steadily worse as time goes on. Uh, she hides successfully, uh, and her pursuer is attacked and threatened by a stranger who she recognizes the voice of, or or kind of guess at who the voice is, um, but doesn't. Uh, but we don't we don't get that information quite yet. Uh, she hides in basically a dung heap, uh, is covered in shit. And uh, finally runs. Yeah. 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 And uh, she runs. She meets up with a local farmer and kind of makes sure she's got her lightsaber on her. And you you realize that she is a Padawan on the run and not even a very good one. Uh, Just very bad. She's she's not a good fighter. Uh, She's not really good at Jedi mind tricks, as we'll see. Uh, She's not really good at at like moving shit with her mind. She's not really all that in tuned with the force. Uh, As she puts it later in the book, her special skill is seeing opportunity, which I don't think you have to be a Jedi for that one. I feel like I feel like you could have just done something else. You know, I remember. And this is this is it's kind of funny and and off track, but it's still Star Wars. I, I. I remember it was, uh, I think it was Tales from Mos Eisley Cantina or something like that. There was a short story in there about this guy, um, a guy who's at the bar the night that Luke meets up with Han Solo. Oh, this so he guy, witnesses the whole thing. He witnesses the whole there. thing, the whole thing, but he was there tracking Han Solo because the guy is a luck vampire. What? and And he's like, he be, and he has there's this whole internal monologue about how luck is just as much of a for, like a thing in the universe as the force just nobody else realizes it and he kills people and absorbs their luck and he could see it radio radiating off of han solo and it like always like stuck with me this like weird little i think it was tales from most like most Eisley cantina or something sure, like sure. that um so i was like yeah, she's like a she's like a you know like Han Solo just has that that luck energy. The <laughs> luck vampire that is cool as shit. That's really neat. I would want to play one of those. And this is the fucking weird shit that you would get in the pre Disney Star Wars universe. Yes, you could do this shit. So you could, cool. You could have anyway. a random sci fi author write a random story about a thing yeah. in Mos Eisley Cantina. I. Love it. I absolutely love it. I'm going to find that because that's some cool yeah, shit. Yeah, find I that. that because uh, I might have just made it up. I don't, but I'm pretty sure I remember, pretty <laughs> sure I remember reading. Up, if you made that yeah. up, we've got to get you a gig fucking uh, 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 working uh, to, to do right for hire shit for Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing about this entire scene is uh, it could not be written like this today. Not because the Weequay is a little sexual assaulty, but because of the way it talks about the Weequay racially. Yes. And we As, get that a lot, actually. Yeah. We get that a lot. And it's like it's a little it it gets a little uncomfortable in the in the book where it's just like the Weequays, you know, they're just fucking dumb, you know. Right. Right. And when they learn words, it's only about their baser needs or something like that. And I'm like, ooh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there are yeah. a bunch of Weequay characters in uh, Clone Wars and other things like that that are like, you know, really bright characters. And we have, 
you know, there's a there's a there's a um, there's a smuggler uh, smuggler slash pirate guy who um, oh fuck I'm forgetting his name now, but he's like he's one of the guys that uh, talks. They actually have an animatronic of him at Disney World now oh, in cool. one of the Star Wars rides. Um, because of how big of a character he is in like Clone Wars and Rebels and things like that. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I read that, those parts and I'm like, uh. huh. <laughs> huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, that's 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 among uh, the issues there. Uh, so <laughs> we find out that uh, Itain is not an amazing Jedi. Doesn't really isn't really known for her discipline. She basically demands that the farmer give her some shelter, and and they go off together. Uh, meanwhile, uh, oh, my we, own. we head over to the barracks at Ord Mantell and uh, RC thirteen oh nine, also known as Niner, who is a sergeant within the uh, public commandos. We meet him, uh, and he meets uh, RC eight oh fifteen Fee, and uh, they are both orphaned troopers. And uh, basically, they're going to be uh, put together, and it gets real awkward uh, right off the bat. They're they're sharing a barracks, and and just kind of uh, Fee is like really friendly, kind of, and just trying trying to make friends, trying to be sweet. And Niner is still feeling some uh, shitty feelings, and so he's kind of uh, not being he's being he's, he's not being mean. He's just not really. He's kind of cold. He's giving him a cold shoulder. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, keeps pointing out that the whole campaign, the Geonosian campaign, was a giant waste. Even though they won, uh, he was like, "We're we are commandos. We are like elite. Uh, we should not have been thrown into that uh, uh, to that uh, fucking pressure cooker. That was that was something you just need to throw a wall of troopers at, uh, and it was a waste that we lost our people." Right. Um, and uh, so Fee finally gets in his bunk, and it's it's actually a really cute moment where he gets in his bunk and he starts kind of singing this little Mandalorian war chant to himself. Uh, it's just it's like you can tell he's like just like this is something he does when he's nervous or upset or something. He's trying to calm himself, and Niner uh, joins in. Uh, with the whole thing, and uh, they yeah. sing together a little bit. Finally, they finish the song, and Fee looks at Niner and says, "I I did my my best." You know, I, I yeah. you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't run away. He just lost his people. And, right. uh, and, uh, and, uh, uh, Niner says, I know. And it's a, it's a nice bonding moment, uh, between yeah. the two of them. Uh, and that's chapter one. Chapter two takes us, uh, we start off in a briefing room in Ord Mantell. One, yep. one second. Yeah. The character's name is Danik Jericho. Um, and oh, oh, I know that name. He is a guy with like he's the guy that's smoking a pipe and has the really fucked up nose. Um, uh, he may have in, been a character in that Star Wars mobile game I was playing he, for years. Uh, he shows up in a bunch of things. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he is Jericho drank his victim's brain matter or soup of life as he called it. Jesus. Uh, he uh, preyed on murders, thieves, and thugs. Um. Yeah, and uh, he, on the day of Greedo's death, Jericho sensed a strong, intoxicating soup of life from a human. Um, and then he was, uh, Jericho's attention was drawn upon his discovery of Han Solo's presence, str- sensing a strong soup and aware <laughs> of Good the soup. bounty on his head. Jericho planned to make his move, but the smuggler departed from Tatooine before he could act. Ah, 
I so, know I've, I've read him in something. I, yeah. I, I know that name. That so, yes, I wasn't making it up. No, uh, you had it. You nailed it. He, Dan, uh, Danic Jericho or Danic Jericho. Uh, the, uh, the, the luck eater, uh, they call him. Um, <laughs> he just Hannibal's uh, people. He, That's fine. I, I, I will never get tired of that, <laughs> of the of the the thing that Star Wars does where they're like, look, we had a million and one characters who pop up on screen very briefly. We did their makeup for hours to get them in that shot. Let's give them a full backstory. Why not? Yeah. Why And it's not? Timothy Zahn who wrote the story. That's, oh, that, yeah. <laughs> I think the, he might wrote, be my who favorite. Who wrote the specific short story that I'm thinking of. <laughs> he is a he is an incredible fucking uh, 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 writer uh, in general, yeah. but his Star Wars stuff uh, is Top incredible. Yeah. 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 That's, anyway, that's chapter two. Sorry, I, chapter two. I no, just no, had to was, bring was, it back. You know, that was absolutely <laughs> worth coming back to. Uh, okay, <laughs> chapter two. We're in a briefing room in Ord Mandel. We get a quote about clones having free will. Um, Darman uh, uh, is awoken from his stasis and uh, is assigned to Fee and Niner. Uh, the three of them have a meeting with a Jedi Padawan and some sort of strange uh, shapeshifter alien uh, that they they do not know. Uh, and and he just kind of creeps around being creepy. That's uh, kind of yeah. really just he really just adds to the tension of the creepiness in the, the room. whole. This whole scene is very tense because the Padawan is like talking and giving orders and stuff like that, but also doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Oh yes, very much. Somehow so. yes. simultaneously is like, "Who? Don't ask me. I'm just a little boy who doesn't know anything." But then he orders him around. It's it's. <laughs> And, they, and all these clones know is obey Jedi, no matter how, you know, little they may know about what the fuck is going on, which will come into play later. Um, yes. <laughs> so finally, we get our fourth squaddy, RC3222, uh, who is not, uh, we, we don't know his nickname just yet, but he joins them and he's very badly scarred uh, from the battle. He has refused uh, back to treatment for this this elaborate long red scar on his face, um, and and so right off the bat we're like, okay, you're different. Got it. Uh, yeah, he's not like other clones. Not uh, like the other clones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. We get our objective. Uh, the planet Culora is neutral, but likely to change. It's mostly farmland. Uh, there is no government, but it's run by the traders there uh, through a militia that is led by a Mandalorian named Gez Hokan, uh, who is known for being particularly nasty, uh, brutal kind yeah. of a dude. And so um, it's very it's very early days in the war still. Yes. Um, and so it's like, yeah, it's it right now. Yeah, it is. It is. It is neutral, neutral, but it's trade. It's a trade federation planet for all intents and purposes. Right, right. So, and and very specifically, what they're meant to do is twofold. They need to go there and apprehend a scientist named uh, this in- incredible name, even for Star Wars. And I don't mean incredible, but I love it. It's just so over the top. Uh, Ovalot Quail Uthan. Uh, that is a name. That is three names. Uh, that is she's three a scientist names. and. They are meant to capture her and destroy a nanovirus that she is working on. Um, 
They used to have a Jedi contact there, but uh, they haven't heard from him. They have no idea what's happened. Hasn't uh, checked in. Hasn't checked in. Hasn't checked in. Uh, there's no long reach communications that they will be able to do down there. They won't uh, because they don't want their signals to get picked up by the uh, N- Nemoidian overlords there, who are the the basically the traitor, the leaders. Yep. Um, and they don't want to piss them off. This needs to be super super covert. So very any, covert. Yeah. So any calm stuff is like literally within like 15 meters of each other, which isn't much at all. Um, oh, and by the way, the nanovirus they're working on is aimed specifically at destroying clones. Yep. So kind of a kind of an important mission they're on. Um, so it's like clear that at some point, because the war hadn't really started quite yet until yeah. like there was the attack on the uh on Naboo and that was like 10 years earlier. I don't know if the war is in is full full throated yet until really the clones get involved. Um yeah. but clearly somebody had started this development of this virus knowing that there was a clone army coming. Yes, yes. Uh, it's it's super early. Clearly she's got some kind of insider information. Yes. Uh Okay, they, yeah, they uh, uh, side quest, if they can, rescue the Jedi. Uh, uh, Please but, do uh, so, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, if you, if you got it, it'll give you 500 ex- extra experience if you can pick up that <laughs> Jedi. Uh, but the virus and scientists are the priorities. Um, so they're led to the armory by the Padawan, lots of tasty gun porn um, for mm-hmm. them to uh, to enjoy. Um Jusik, the uh, uh, the Padawan, is kind of just as curious about them as they seem to be about him. Like, this is clearly his first time really interacting with the clones. Um, right. And he's kind of asking them about their nature and that kind of thing. Um, he uh, The wounded commando has his uh, I ain't got time to bleed moment uh, where they say, you know, we really need to take care of that fucking giant massive head wound you've got uh and yeah. uh, and gives gives his nickname which is atten which is i believe they said it was mandalorian for it's stubborn mandalorian for stubborn yeah which, there you go um which fun fact my last name erhard could be translated in german and like i guess middle german as stubborn or, oh i love that yeah <laughs> i love that that's perfect erhard that makes sense that makes sense um uh, uh, Darman uh, very quickly takes on the munitions role. He sees all the blowy uppy stuff and goes, "Yeah, I will have one of each, please. Thank you very much." I like the bombs. Yes. <laughs> um, the uh, the shapeshifter explains that the Jedi Master that's missing uh, Fulier uh, has uh, quote unquote discipline issues, uh, which totally weirds Darman out because uh, the idea that a, a Jedi would have would be anything other than this master. Uh, you know, yeah. Buddhist monk is crazy. Yeah, though. to the clones up until this point in their short, relatively short lives, the Jedi have always been talked about as perfection. You know, exactly, exactly. So hearing to, that yeah. is is it's like finding out that Jesus Christ bit his fingernails. Uh, it's just it's <laughs> not really what you expected to hear. Um, <laughs> He was a bit of a glutton. What? Yeah, it, it, it's a bit of a glutton. I mean, yeah. that splitting the 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 fish and the loaves, like, right? Right. You know, yeah, it's, it's all like, propaganda well, showing him he as that. Half of it. Uh, he ate half. Yeah, you know, they 
That's just propaganda. That's just that's just uh, fat shaming propaganda that they Prop- throw yeah. up on the, and they, on the cross there. There were lots of people who wanted to eat and chose not to, but they didn't make a stink out of it because they didn't want to make a big deal. They didn't want to yeah. draw the attention. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> they ask how much time they have to prep for this mission, and the guy says, oh, eight hours because that's how long it takes to get to the planet, and we're fucking leaving now. We're leaving. Uh, we're going. We're going. Get in the car. We're going. So get your iPad. <laughs> We're going to grandma's. <laughs> and uh, so we cut to uh, Etain, uh, the world's worst Jedi, uh, hiding out in a barn. Uh, she assumes that her master, Fulier, uh, is dead. And uh, she needs to either escape the planet or get word of what's going on off of the planet somehow. Yeah. Um, she's stolen some building schematics that would be really helpful for this exact mission. And uh, we also learned from her that Gez Hokan is basically a total fucking monster. She has memories of wandering through uh, villages that uh, were just burnt to a crisp because they just kind of mildly inconvenienced him. Yep. Uh, She hears something outside, turns her lightsaber on, but it's just this old woman who has brought her some livestock. Uh, well, no, she she brings she she also has livestock, but she's bringing her dinner. She's bringing um, her dinner and also bringing the livestock into the barn for the night. Right, right. Uh, so Etain is very much like Jesus in that sense. Um, in that sense, yes. Seeking, seeking shelter in the barn. Uh, we find out a little more about uh, Bark, B-A-R-Q, which is like the major crop that that area f- uh, 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 grows. And it's kind of like, it's it's like a vegetal, it's like truffles in a way. Like it's obscenely expensive. Sure. Um, it's, it's uh, you don't get a lot of information on what it is at first. Later on, they'll talk about it being kind of earthy and kind of unpleasant in a way, but it, but the rich sure. people love it. So it fetches a high price, but none right. of the farmers themselves could afford it. But she has actually sprinkled a little bit of bark on top of uh, the food that she's brought to attain. And attain is like, dude, you can't, you, you shouldn't have done this. This is too much. This is, this is crazy. And she goes, well, you know, I got it out of um, the dung that was all over your robe uh, yes. and it seemed a waste. She so. was using, cause she was uh, in an earlier scene. She had, she had manure all over her and she was using a handful of bark to like chip away at the oh, manure. Oh, that's right. That's right. 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 So, she said, so we gathered it up and, and put it on. It would be a shame to waste. So knock yourself out. Uh, and then, and then kind of cryptically tells her uh, they're coming. Uh, ooh. So ooh. <laughs> get that. Um, chapter three, uh, we meet Gez Hokan. Uh, he is going to the, the Nemoidian uh, uh, to see a Nemoidian named uh, what it, Lick Anik. Lick Ankit. Lick Ankit. Ankit. That's it. Ankit. What a name. <laughs> um, God. Uh, yeah, he's been, he's been quote unquote questioning uh, a Jedi for Lick. Um, and he gets there, he's kind of mocked by him. Uh, there's some real elitist overtones. Um, and, uh, and he's got, uh, and he's got the lightsaber of the Jedi. And we do, we do get a heavy implication that he has killed the guy and, and taken his lightsaber. So he is yep. now in control of a Jedi weapon. Uh, yep. we cut to, back to Ord Mantell where, uh, the, Squad, our, our, our fully formed four-person uh, commando squad, is uh, basically taking an old rust rust bucket uh, down. It's it's like a it's like a 
a sprayer basically it's it, like it, a crop sprayer they're right. like, it, it made me think they're of like crop we're trying yeah. to keep you guys like fucking undercover here so you're gonna yeah. have to take this this ship uh yeah. this piece of shit down um, Luke skywalker what a hunk of junk you know so what a, yeah <laughs> they're they're gonna do that and uh it's just it's just like maybe it'll land maybe um we find out this is this is funny. This I, this is when I first suspected that maybe she was actually uh, uh, our author uh, Karen Travis is a is a military woman. Uh, when they talk about uh, the six P's, uh, yes. <laughs> which uh, for those of you who don't know, the six P's are proper planning prevents piss uh, proper planning uh, prevents piss poor. Oh, what is the last one? Uh, performance. Performance. Thank you. Yes, and uh, and he changes it <laughs> to proper planning prevents uh yeah he goes he goes the six p's sir proper planning prevents inadequate performance that's it yeah yeah sir (laughs) and i got a kick out of that because i grew up hearing that uh uh, i I thought that uh, it's kind of yeah yeah so um and that level of levity kind of raises the hackles of the padawan uh, in a way, he kind of he kind of gets gets a little shitty with him, and he and he says uh, this is real uh, to them, which uh, you don't need to tell them that, uh, which pisses off Niner. Of course, he's not going to say anything; he's not going to do anything about it. But right. he's like, "Yeah, we know that. Like, yeah. all of us have lost all of our buddies. Yes. We know this. <laughs> you know, we know this isn't real." Atten is not playing well with others. He's very standoffish, uh, kind of storm cloudy. Uh, not really, not very, very friendly, not getting along with everybody. Um, let's see. Uh, the Padawan basically tells them, uh, uh, I hope, I hope to debrief you later after you get back. And it isn't until he's left that, uh, cause Niner goes, what? Of course he does. Why would he, and, and Niner realizes what he meant was good luck. It was his way of saying good luck to you. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> uh, which I got, a, I got a real kick out of that. Yeah. Um, uh, it cuts to Itain and the villagers. They are inside for the night to avoid Gadans, which are we get more and more about them. They're these. They're basically rats. Like they're they're just yeah. Or I kind of or something. I was, I was like, I started picturing them as like the attitude of rats, but the, yeah. at the size of capybaras. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. If that's capybara, a good way of at. Like if capybaras weren't chill as yes. fuck. Yes. And they had more of like that rat, you know, rat mode attitude. Absolutely. That's what you would. (laughs) And and I totally agree. That's perfect. And and they're, and they're, and they all, and they, they basically swarm things uh, that are way bigger than them and try to eat them. And they're most active at night. So basically everyone has to lock everything up. You can't be out at night because the Gadans will fuck you up. They will Um, just munch you down. Yeah, uh, there's like a reference to like children being killed by Gadans or whatever. I think yeah, at some yeah, point, oh, yeah, they're <laughs> nasty customers. Um, Itain is kind of eating her dinner. She's not really. She's not really her poop in. dinner. Yeah, her poop dinner. Uh, and she and she gets a. Uh, I just felt uh, uh, a, a loss in the force moment and realizes that's probably her master who has. Uh, died. She senses that someone has gone from the force, and and it must be him because on this planet could only probably be him, right? Um, and starts considering the cryptic "they're coming" message they're from coming. the old woman. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and after is uh, kind of just just getting more and more scared uh, by the sounds of movement outside, and that's actually the end of my 
second notebook. That's the end of your notebook. That's yeah. the end of your second pixel lit notebook. Se- yep. Got, got the wow. other one up here. So that was the end of my second pixel lit notebook. So Jesus. Starting a fresh one. Fresh one. Fresh one. Okay. Needs uh, a sticker it, on it. I know. I know. I've got, I've, I've got, <laughs> you can see, because I'm, I'm basically a middle school girl. I, I'm obsessed with my stickers. Yep. And I put all my stickers in my books. And this one's so fresh, it doesn't have a single sticker on it yet. And uh, I, I'm, I'm glowing with anticipation uh, of what will be the first. Something to peel off the little yes. back end. And- oh, the beauty of it all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we cut to the commando squad undercover in the rust bucket. Uh, they pass through security claiming that all they've got is farming equipment on there. Uh, we get a little more weapon porn. They are carrying a lot more gear than they normally do. Uh, I think they said that usually they'll carry like 25 kilos on their back, which is a considerable amount. Uh, and they're all stacked to the gills with double that. Uh, so they're, they're, it's a little odd uh, and cumbersome, to say the very least. Yeah. Um, an engine... Uh, one of their engines goes out when it sucks up a bunch of birds. <laughs> if you're wondering how well, right off the bat, this mission is going, it's, it's going shit. <laughs> like, Fub- I'm surprised FUBAR, as yeah. an acronym, doesn't make an appearance in this I book. I can't believe they didn't bring up FUBAR. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, it's... Maybe that one's not in the in the military reserves over in uh, in Britain, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So we, the fucking birds take down this rust bucket and they start to crash. So they are being ordered to jump. Uh, they're getting all their shit together. Niner, the sergeant, orders Darman to jump, but uh, uh, Darman really wants to salvage more of the gear. Yeah. Uh, than he than he should. He's like literally trying to strap it to the back of his legs and shit like that, and it doesn't want to lose anything. Darman wants to take more of the gear uh, with them. He doesn't want to waste it. He's literally strapping it to the back of his legs and shit. Um, And he wants to salvage as much of it as possible. And Niner's screaming at him to to go. And so he just literally shoves Niner out the goddamn (laughs) thing and listens to him cussing him out all the way down. Um, It's kind of great. He finally loads himself up and jumps and um, and uh, the droid who is piloting uh, uh, the rust bucket, uh, he, he's he's watching it go down and basically has this moment of realization where he says, you know, we're better than the droids. Everyone seems to say so, uh, but uh, we're just as, as expendable as they are. Yep. Um, I, in many ways, I am no different than a droid. And this is this is <laughs> existential crisis number five or six by now. Um, <laughs> He uh, slams into a tree, blacks out. He is Chapter out. four. <laughs> Chapter four. <laughs> Chapter four. Is he uh, dead? We no. don't know yet. <laughs> we don't know yet. Well, we don't know yet. Yeah, exactly. We don't we know got, yet, we, but no, he's not dead. He's, he's not dead. He's, uh, he's we, the main character. <laughs> we cut to the other three uh, who are not Darman, uh, and they are hauling uh, their shit. Uh, and uh, the, the, Niner is hauling his parachute, grumbling to himself about what a piece of shit Darwin is, basically, um, <laughs> and watches the ship explode. And then suddenly is is kind of worried that Darwin didn't. That's wild, make it. though, when you think that we really don't get a lot of like fucking like just straight up paratrooper action in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, 
He's like, he's putting away a literal parachute. It's, it's, it's kind of wild. It's, uh, I, my dad was a paratrooper and I remember we'd go and watch him doing these jumps and there was a whole thing you had to do with your gear and everything. And that's basically what he's doing here. I, I agree. I thought that was a really neat, uh, yeah. uh, 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 detail. Um, so yeah, he's worried that Darman didn't make it. We get a really funny moment where the uh, Gadans notice him and they all start to try and chomp on him, but they're doing nothing. So he just kind of leaves it. Well, so it's just him like trying to clean up his gear while he's these like, put away monsters his, are yeah, like trying to Putting away his chute, you know, yeah, he's fucking all, rodents are chewing on his arm. Chewing on him <laughs> and not getting, and, and basically one by one going, there's no fucking point in stopping. Um, <laughs> He uh, he's trying to triangulate their position. He has no idea where they are. Uh, finds Fee and Atten at uh, a meeting point uh, that they had uh, set up. They have several rendezvous points that they're going to be going to throughout this. Um, and they, of course, realize Darman and most of the explosives, as a result, are missing. Um, Atten's still kind of being a, a prick about finding Darman. He's, you know, he's kind of... He's like, he's probably dead. Why are we bothering? And Ed Benigner's right. very, um, you know, heavy on. No, we're not giving up on him. We're not uh, giving up on him. No, no. Uh, and that's and it's just more of the fact that these guys, this is basically all the family that they have. Uh, so they, 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 they really uh, plant that home here. Uh, we cut to Etain and the farmer, uh, uh, Burhan. Uh, uh, they are surveying an explosion in their bark field, uh, which we can only assume is the, <laughs> the rust bucket. Is the rust bucket, yeah. And it's just, it's just like destroyed this huge portion of his yearly crops, and he's fucked. He's absolutely yeah. fucked. Uh, and, uh, let's see, it's being inspected. The crater's being inspected by some of the mercenary militia, uh, that work there. And, um, I really like this line, by the way, from the farmer and it's, it's, it's a really interesting, and I think something that Karen Travis really does well in this book is like, I, that the movies don't necessarily touch on that. Because, like, the movies are like, oh, there's the bad guys and the good guys. And they're like, yeah. yay, whatever. And the farmer says to Attain, can't you have your fight on someone else's planet? Absolutely. Don't you think I have enough problems? Absolutely. Like, like this doesn't, your your fucking galactic bullshit doesn't affect me. Right. It's, <laughs> and, I, and I agree with you. Uh, I, I, they don't really touch on that all that much in the movies. Uh, but this is just the beginning of that. You get to see like the civilian life. It's like I don't. It's it's like how it works in real life. Frankly, you know, yeah. it's like some of us are more politically inclined. Some of us read the news. Some of us pay attention to world events. But most people are just trying to get by, and they barely know what the fuck is going on. They don't know right. who who or if anyone to pull for. They don't have that hard of opinions on things, and they just they just they would just wish that if you're gonna have a huge massive fucking battle. Do it over there. Do it the next house over. Right. Uh, no, I totally agree. I think that's terrific. Um, Militia gets an urgent call away, and Etain finds the remains of a Republic Astrodroid in uh, the rust bucket there and realizes that it's a rescue party. Uh, cut two. Meanwhile, Darman, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has dug himself into a pit uh, and is watching the road. He's not sure where he is. Uh, his leg is badly damaged. He's treating it with Bacta. He's hurting. Uh, he's hearing voices, and it's the <clears throat> militia. They are searching, yep. uh, and uh, and one of them just kind of comes straight 
for him to the point where he's literally standing on top of his cover and yeah. uh, Darman fucking assassins creeds the shit out of him. Yeah. With um, the vibro blade. Yeah. Vibro blades up. him and, uh, and then shoots the other one uh, in the head and takes them both out. And, uh, and, and he realizes he sees these tracks and the Gadan who have also been like, Tromping on him and trying to get his attention. They basically given him away because there are tracks leading up to where he is that stop. Right. Yeah. Uh, so fucking Gadan. Anyway. Uh, and then, but he, then he notices, well, the one good thing about the Gadan is, uh, cleanup's easy. He doesn't need to bury these bodies because they swarm, uh, the dead bodies and, and basically go to work disposing of them. Um, he, he does realize that one of the weak way though, uh, that he, uh, that, that he thought he had killed is still alive. And he regrets that not doing a clean kill, and yeah. uh, and he has to and he makes a point to kill him before the Gadan move on to him because that would be a horrible uh, way to die. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and we hear that, that we find out that this is the first time he's never really seen death up close. Right. During I the love Geonosian this moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah they it's drilled very... him to. Yeah. The, so ahead, the the last last paragraph here is they drilled him to kill and kill and kill, but nobody had thought to teach him what he was supposed to feel afterward. He yeah. did feel something, but he wasn't certain what it is. He'd think about it later. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's <laughs> a great line right there, too, because that, that applies for a lot of the shit that goes on. I, I'll think about it later. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's never seen it up close. Every kill he's ever done in the Geonosian campaign was, you know, at best, he saw at the end of a scope, you know, he he never really got up close and dirty like this. So he's, he's feeling right. some feelings. Uh, let's see. He, uh, we cut to chapter five and, uh, Darman is setting up a, a post at the tallest point in a certain area he's at to observe, um, and find out, trying to figure out where he is. Uh, we get a lot of moments here of, uh, and I count this in with the existential meltdowns, uh, just in awe of how beautiful the nature around him is. Yeah. Uh, and if any of you have never been in areas that are just largely farmland, um, they can be quite comical in a way. If you go out to like cornfields and stuff, and it's just, just endless, endless corn. And it's kind of hilarious, uh, right. but they are tremendously beautiful at the same time. And uh, and he's seeing that for the first time. He's never really left. He went to Geonosia. Uh, what, what's the name of the planet? Not Geonosis. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. So he had he had he had lived on Camino. Yes. And then he went to Geonosis for his first battle, but he hadn't really seen anything like this. Right. You know. Right. And everything <laughs> he saw was like through a simulation or something like that. So he's like out in nature and having this like. I am group moment of like watching, you know, daisies grow and all that shit. Um, right. It's, it's, it's kind of sweet. Um, he, uh, we, we get a little background on the bark uh, sort of thing. I, I kind of think of it as caviar. Uh, people go absolutely ape shit for it, but myself right. and most other regular ass people go, what the fuck? No. What, no what is, what's going on here? It's Who basically gives a shit. <laughs> uh, well, every time that, and also every time they say bark, I just think of the root beer. Oh, well, it is kind of, sp yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> See, and I don't like that either. Uh, it's it's one of the main things that uh, uh, my wife criticizes me for because she is obsessed with root beer. She, I mean, that'll be why you end up getting divorced. Probably, because probably. You're of your, yeah. It'll be Bark and uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, <laughs> and our relationship forever. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
he starts questioning the wisdom of his superiors and the orders. Uh, uh, cue Billy Eilish's uh, "What Was I Made For?" Uh, to start playing <laughs> um, existential meltdown number twenty six. Yep. Um, uh, in the distance, he sees some farms burning, uh, and the militia is 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 responsible. He wants to do something. Civilians are freaking out, um, but. He doesn't want. Uh, he doesn't want to make it worse. He shouldn't do something, uh, but he realizes that these civilians are being but punished then he because does. of him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He doesn't <laughs> want to do it right up until the moment he does, and uh, and so finally he just starts shooting and he kills everyone in record time. Uh, uh, pure easy mode, uh, you know, full full vats, just headshot, headshot, headshot. Three three sixty degree no scope, no scope. Exactly. <laughs> it just takes them all out, checks all the barns, makes sure that no. No one else is there. And this and is a Republic commando with, from what I understand, he has a torn ACL, you yeah, know? Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> fucked up. Uh, and he's not at his best. And he just destroys everybody. And uh, he goes to one of the civilians, uh, and they're all freaking out at the sight of him. They're all terrified of him. And this goes back to what you were talking about before, Kevin, where it's just like, and everyone, they, they, they associate him with Hokan. Uh, which we'll get more of it. Uh, you know, he realizes his armor is similar to Mandalorian armor, and that's the only thing they can associate him with. So they associate him with Hokan, and and uh, and uh, they're all scared of him. Uh, and and we do get a, a moment where one of them says, "We don't want your help. Fucking go, yeah. fucking yeah. go." And, like, and he, this, and he really, you're the reason they're here, <laughs> right? Exactly. And. <laughs> has a moment where he's like, they didn't train us how to deal with ungrateful civilians. This is weird. Uh, it's a true, it's a true, like, we'll be greeted as liberators kind of moment. He yes, doesn't realize just like, how yeah. he thought he saved these people, and he did, but at the same time this wouldn't be happening if it weren't for him, and he kind of knows that. Um, it's just a, there's, it's just there's a, a part mess. that I highlighted um, th- that he's remembering from his training officer, uh, Skirata, uh, don't worry, it's your forebrain shutting down. Just a fear <laughs> reflex. You're yeah. bred from sociopathic stock. You'll fight just fine. You'll carry on fighting when normal men have turned into basket cases. I love that. <laughs> You're bred from sociopathic stock. That is a great... Yeah, and they are. <laughs> and, but it doesn't solve anything. Um yeah, so he's he's confused and just he, he's he's left with yeah, a lot to and, think about. And then he realizes um, he sees like a reflection of himself. Yeah, and he realizes that the clone armor is designed after the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. battle armor. And he really, I was like, oh, everybody fucking is terrified of Gez Hokan. No wonder. Yeah. They're they're yeah. afraid of me. <laughs> he, he's a, he's a, yeah, he gets it. He's a scary looking dude. Uh, yeah, they don't know who he is. The clone troopers are not a common uh, are not common knowledge for most people at this point. Right. Uh, so yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, we cut to the best. Uh, the rest of the squad. I wrote. I thought I wrote the best of the squad. Uh, no, the rest of the squad. It was Darman's the best of the, the best of, of the squads. Squad. It was the worst of squads. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're hiding from detention, uh, detention, detection. They are, uh, their people are still looking for them. They are, 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 uh, hiding. Um, and, uh, they're, they're on their way to one of the rendezvous points. Um, Atten is still kind of being a piece of shit, but then he surprises Niner, uh, by, uh, offhandedly commenting, I've been Darman, uh, suggesting that he, he 
actually might understand what he, what's going on more than than he lets on. Uh, the speeder that they are that is searching for them locks on to Niner, and Niner goes, "Oh fucking shit!" and uh, then basically has to blow it up and has a uh, has a run the fuck away from an explosion action movie <laughs> moment. Um, <laughs> He uh, and, and Fee starts giving him a little shit, and Niner starts getting kind of paranoid, like like because he saw he saw me run from that thing. Is he is he accusing me of being a bad leader, like that I was running from? And Fee's just like giving him shit. Yeah. Uh, and so they they check the wreckage together, and Atten uh, comes around with a fucking computer from inside of the speeder and says, I might be able to hack this. So that's, that's their, yeah, that's right. That's their yeah. next mission there. Yeah. And uh, I think, it, I think it's funny because uh, Fee is like, yeah, that'll make a good marker, you know, with all that smoke and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's good. Yeah, because they want to leave behind markers for Darman in case he shows up. They would, you know, like, that'll that be way a good he'll one. know that we were there. Uh, this will do. That'll probably do a good job. I wonder if he'll know it was us. Uh, <laughs> we got to Hokan with his mercenary senior staff, let's say. Yeah. Uh, we we get the we get basically informed that these people suck. They are they're the they're the, the lowest he, of low. They're he doesn't have he doesn't have a lot of options to be no, honest. He doesn't he's not being funded a lot by Ankit. Uh and and so the only people he can really afford are people who otherwise cannot take any other gigs, which means they've got a criminal record as long as my arm. Uh and right. uh, so they're not the cream of the crop here. And he's pissed at them because they torched yet another farm. Um, he explains to them that you need to warn these people first. And and if because <laughs> they're, they're trying to say, like, hey, we were just like, just in case we're trying to show them what happens if they if they decide to hide one of these troopers. Because, <laughs> fucking no, no, you fucking warn scene. them. And then if they do, uh, uh, you know hold somebody then you burn the place to the ground so otherwise you're just making them hate you right off the bat and they're gonna hate you their kids are gonna hate you and my fucking life is gonna be terrible and uh he's like basically do we all understand the difference between a warning and a punishment and they all go yes teacher and uh the mercenary that he's been berating he cuts his head off with a lightsaber just flick (laughs) flick of the wrist and he explains to the crowd that was a punishment for fucking up those farms, but for all of you, for him, for the rest of you, it's a warning. Do we see the difference? <laughs> it's such an amazing moment. I love this scene so much. I, it was so good. So yeah, it's a it's a terrific, terrific big bad moment. We get we get just we just see how brutal he is and how clever he is, and I just I you, love it. You get a, a Mandalorian with little to no like he he's he's yeah sociopathic stock. Oh, absolutely. Um, you get a Mandalorian, uh, you know, full battle armor Mandalorian who now has a lightsaber. Oh yeah, just- who loves this lightsaber? <laughs> loves it. <laughs> He's like, because he like he checks his clothes out and everything. It's like, oh, it cauterized the neck immediately. My clothes aren't covered in blood. This fucking sword rules. All right, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. He's pretty perfectly pretty, clean, no eh, blood. None. Rather liked this lightsaber now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. It's a great. It's a great expansion of this character. I love it. Um, he's still missing some of his mercenaries. He he knows he knows that the republic's there. He knows he knows that shit is going down, and he's actually kind of 
anticipating. No, Ripley, for Christ's sake. She got up here and she likes to stand directly on my notebook. It's like, I really need that. What if I gave you this notebook? I'm done with this notebook. Here. Here you go. Stand on that. <laughs> no, she wants my notebook. No, that's no. Here, I'll open it. It's like it's like a computer screen. They're gonna there, do that. Okay. Anyway. Jerk. Uh <laughs> so um <laughs> rather than being like particularly uh afraid that this that the republic is coming for him uh he's kind of pumped because his reputation as a mandalorian is in the shitter um he's, he's he sees this whole assignment is kind of beneath him yeah he's very much a uh marty mcfly of a mandalorian yeah. where you really just got to call him chicken to yeah. to get <laughs> yeah he's ready and hope that he'll just fuck you up that's no that's absolutely it <laughs> So he's he's looking forward to this. He sees this as an opportunity to show that he's still got some worth. He's still got some he's still got some skill as a Mando. Yep. Um chapter six. Uh we open with the farmer trying to kick Etane out. This is all your fucking fault. Get out, never darken my towels ever again. Uh <laughs> Etane tries to use uh, uh, the Jedi mind trick on him. Uh, she said, she's like, actually, you want me to stay? And he looks her in the eye and says, no, I don't. Get the fuck out. <laughs> One more piece of evidence that Etain, worst Jedi of all time. Uh, just, I have it written here, terrible Jedi. Uh, terrible Jedi. <laughs> terrible Jedi. Uh, but then uh, the old woman comes in and kind of saves her bacon and explains, like, look, after this is all said and done, we'll need her because the Jedi can, like, help grow crops. And, uh, and, and, and a tan goes, yeah, you know, I, I like in her in, in, outwardly, she's going, uh, uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. in her head. She's like, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't want to do that. I don't, I've known, I've heard of Jedi who do that. I, I, mean, I can't like, imagine. I know that's theoretically pro- po- uh, probable or possible, but yeah, uh, I'm not. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's possible, not probable. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to do it. And I don't think I could do it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Although we find out that basically the only time she can do well as a Jedi is when like all the conditions are perfect. And if she's just sitting there in a field able to like hum to the plants, that might be the only thing she's good at with this shit. Yeah. Um, she uh, she goes to the old woman uh, and, and basically says, like, please explain yourself. And her and name she, is Jin Art. Yes. Yes. Jin Art. Uh, and she says, you know, you, you said they're coming. You want to maybe clarify on that? She does not. Uh, but uh, for whatever reason, she starts to have a sense of family uh, with this woman. She has a sense of trust in this woman uh, that she can't quite put her finger on yet. Yep. Uh, we cut to uh, Darman in a huge field. Uh, he sends a little micro droid remote ahead uh, to like basically scout the area ahead of him. Yep. Um, he's 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 kind of nervous about it because it's got a lot of it's a lot of Republic tech and information on that thing. And if it gets caught, he could be fucked. But he does it anyway uh, because he he figures he might be alone for a good long while. <laughs> so he's like thinking, okay, I might have to find out if Gadan is good to eat. Uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> Um, he spends a lot of time fantasizing about cake, which I can relate with. Yeah. Uh, he, I he mean, did, I do that pretty. Oh God. Yes, absolutely. He, he <laughs> it made me think a little bit of, um, the, oh, what was it? The Brandon Sanderson thing we read, uh, 
oh, the Infinity Blade thing, and he was Infinity like, Blade, yeah. It's like I'm gonna have a whole pie. It's that kind of, it's that kind <laughs> yes. of feeling. It's and a it, whole pie. Yeah, it's it's really cute, and like you find out like that basically their training officer, like their their main trainer, uh, who they who's basically their father figure, um, would. Uh, like sneak them little delicacies and shit like that, even though they weren't yeah, supposed to have. Yeah, because the Kaminoans so were like very strict about what they were supposed to eat. But the yeah. the training officer, the actual military dude that trained the, clo- the his batch of clones, would be like, "You want a you want a little cake as a treat?" Okay, and and you can't help but they don't say this, but I can't help but imagine that for all intents and purposes, this is like a little Debbie snack cake. Like, it's not that big of a fucking deal. They got it for, like, 79 cents at the gas station on the way there. It's a fucking Twinkie. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) But because these guys are basically used to eating, like, nutrition paste and shit like that, it's the greatest, (laughs) most decadent thing in the world. And now now here, Darman is fucking in a field in the middle of nowhere fantasizing about this cake. Uh, it's, It's really cute. Um, not long after that, he finds out that his remote has been eaten by a bird, uh, possibly, possibly one of the same kinds of birds that brought their ship down in the first place. Uh, he can basically hear it screaming and cawing revenge over his head. Um, he crosses the field eventually. He wants to rest, but he keeps pressing himself. We get more awe of nature stuff. And finally, he he he's kind of playing drill sergeant in his head, and he's imagining yeah. what a drill sergeant would say to him. And uh, finally, he, he realizes this drill sergeant would point out that you being exhausted is not going to help anybody. You do need right. to rest. So he finds a pond or something and he bathes in that and uh but 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 then he like cleans his armor off and then puts it all right back on because you're not gonna right. i'm gonna sleep in my armor exactly uh, yeah and he's also he, suddenly he's com- he's paranoid about contamination because he notices these bugs in the field and they just kind of die and he he assumes there must be some sort of poison in the air, some sort of biological weapon. And he throws on his helmet and does the pressure seals and stuff. And uh, the the helmet's like, no, this is fine. And and I, he gets he doesn't quite get there, but he's he kind of starts to realize these bugs just die. They just they're just like they they reach the end of their life cycle or something. Right. And 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 that kind of sad to him. He can't quite put his yeah. finger on that. And so yeah. he like saves them in a bottle. Uh, it's it's so there's so much humanity in this section and i really love it so much and the yeah it, it's it's just a really interesting whole segment when just darman's little existential nightmare yeah segments yeah. Um, it's it's fascinating uh to see yeah. what he's going through and uh, he even creates his own <clears throat> um at one point he starts uh creates his own acronym uh oh yeah <laughs> and it he, NFQ normal for Kilara yeah. as, as like, <laughs> like right. yeah, it's like I'm just gonna assume that this is normal for this planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna. What choice do I have? This is this has got to be NFQ. <laughs> I, I, that was a nice touch. Um, at first, he can't sleep at all because his helmet keeps picking up movement. But eventually, he does fall asleep. Yeah. Um, we cut to Hokan, who has been summoned by, let's say it again, Ovalot Quail Uthan. Uh, who, in my head, is voiced by um, uh, Shora uh, Agdishlu, um, who is, uh, she is the, uh, she's the uh, Indian woman with the very 
like very husky smoker's oh, voice. Yes, I love her. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's yes, good she's, call. She she is the voice for this this uh, doctor. Very good choice. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, that's I'm rewriting that in my head canon. Bingo. Uh, he's summoned by her. She's this scientist. Now, and that's the thing. She's, she's not quite what I expected because she's a scientist. She's doctor. Um, but uh she has this stately kind of regalness to her, this noble way about her. And she's clearly a very, very big player on this planet. Uh, right. Hoken likes her, despite the fact that she develops uh, weapons that are not what he thinks of as real weapons, like nanoviruses yeah. and shit like that. Right. Uh, but he likes her a lot. He respects her. Uh, he, he likes the way she carries herself and that sort of thing. Now, she's concerned about recent events and her own protection. And uh, Hokan agrees. Yeah, your security is is bad. Uh, you yeah. are vulnerable here. Your security is bad. Uh, yep. My security is bad. I right. don't have. Right. So, I don't have the troops. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like you know, uh, Ankit is is you know, and she's like, well, I thought I thought you were supposed. To, there's a lot of money, you know, uh, set aside uh, for all of this shit. And he goes, well, I'm not getting any of it. Uh, so uh, she. She uh, uh, basically suggests, well, maybe we can go around Ankit. We can we can get you better resources uh, for this contract uh, that I can I can set up for you, and uh, and you can work for me. And we'll oh we'll go over Ankit's head for now. Uh, she clearly has no love loss between her and 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 th- that guy. Yeah. Lick um, Ankit. Ankit. <laughs> And uh, so she tells Hoken, she says, uh, you know, she basically tells him about the clones and says, yeah. do you know, do you know who's fighting for the Republic now? The, oh, they're, they're these clones. And he's like, well, that's fucked up. And she goes, yeah, yeah. You, you ready to hear what's really fucked up about them? You know who they're a clone of? And he goes, no. And she says, Django Fett. And he fucking flips out. He's so he pissed off. He flips his shit. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just the, the level of disrespect for one of the greatest Mandalorian warriors of his time. It's horrifying to him on so many levels. And she goes, oh, but you know, and, and, and completely off topic, uh, you know, the nanovirus I'm working on, it's specifically meant to kill clones. Isn't that fun? And uh, he <laughs> says, when can I sign on? And she goes, right the fuck now, fuck boy. Here you go. Sign on the dotted line. <laughs> And, and he's uh, like, yes, I yes, am in now. Yes, I everything. Am. And he, he literally says to her, I would have done this for free. Like, I, I am I am yeah. in. And, uh, and she's like, great, and she's I thought like, you'd well, say that. Th- uh, yeah, that's great. I'm st- still going to pay you, but, still gonna you know. Pay you. I'm still going to pay you. We'll, we'll get you a better army. Your your mercenaries suck. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so she says where the, the nanovirus is, is meant to kill the clones. And he, he his response is the kindest solution. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and, and I... And I I can't help but agree with him on a certain level. I'm feeling worse and worse for these clones as it goes on. As it goes on, because here's the thing is, uh, well, you know, I'm going to save my thought, my thought on this till yeah. after, because this is the last chapter coming up, right? Yes. Chapter seven. Yes. I'm going to save my thoughts on it till after this chapter, because it kind of reveals some, some additional context about okay. the clones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, so, yeah. But, but, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, so chapter seven. Uh we cut to Niner and the rest of the squad. Niner is considering the differences between their training and real life. And he's basically taking notes. He's like, I've got so many notes I'm going to give to our trainers when we get back. We, we are not. This is bullshit. This is totally We are different. not prepared. For- no, this is not any good. They're, uh, they're hiding from some militia forces, the the dregs, and they're waiting for them to go. They're all sitting out getting drunk. And they're like, fuck, our rendezvous point is over there. And we got to wait for these guys to leave. And and I think Atten is the one who's like, 
maybe they'll die of alcohol poisoning eventually. That'd be good. Uh, they're like, yeah, maybe. Um, so as they're doing this, suddenly this new group of mercenaries show up who are almost entirely droids uh, led by yeah. uh, what was the what's the alien that leads them? Oh, I am. Um, uh, Umbaran. Umbaran, yeah. Uh, led by an Umbaran. Uh, and they basically show up and just blow them all away. Just just like, there's a new there's a new boss in town. Go fuck yourself. Uh, consider this your severance package and just decimate uh, the, uh, the militia and leave back the way yeah. they came. Uh, yeah. Just as casual as if you, you're kicking a can down the street. Um, so the Umbarans, just as a descriptor, uh, are are like very human looking, but mm-hmm. bald. Like they don't have any hair and they yes. have like really creepy pale eyes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I do remember that. Um, and as they watch them go, we, the, the, the uh, Niners considering the similarities between droids and clones, uh, that, that, uh, they, they've, they've, they've got a lot of things in common and they're probably just as off putting to regular people. So right. how much difference is there really between us and these droids? Do clones dream of electric droids? Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of where we're at right I now. I think it's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We cut to Itain at the farm again. She is moving boards with the force in the back of the barn. Uh, best she no, can do. Best this is the best she, she can do. do because no one's watching her. She's under no pressure and she can move these boards. She's got to make a little escape. Uh, she's trying to f- make an extra exit in she's the barn. She's sort of like that, uh, was it Mystery Men, where there was the guy that could turn invisible, but only if nobody was looking at him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's that kind of, she's just, just, it might as well, she might as well not be a Jedi is what I'm saying. Might as well, yeah. Just the worst <laughs> Jedi ever. Um, she starts to sense, she realizes she senses the force in uh, Janart who shows up uh, and, and, and she says like, what, what, you know, like, uh, why didn't you tell me? Why, you know, and she's, she's so confused by the idea of this person who isn't a Jedi. <laughs> and Jannard's like, because you're fucking my shit up, girl. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> like, she's like, I chose to let you. Like, she says, she says, why should I trust you? What if you're a Sith or something like that? Uh, it's, yeah, yeah. Jannard basically is like, go fuck yourself. You can only sense that I'm strong in the force because I let you. So shut your fucking mouth. And just do what I say. Um, it's it's kind of great. Uh, so she, One of your dudes is here. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, that's exactly it. She's like, your soldier's waiting for you. She's like, my soldier. Like, yeah, follow the, the, the stream up there. So Itain leaves and starts going through the woods. And she senses a child in the distance. And she can't quite. She's like, what the fuck is a kid doing? And the kid isn't. She senses that he isn't afraid per se but his his pulse is jacked he's he's alert uh and then before you know it, she's flashbanged uh <laughs> just just what the fuck and uh and it's a it's a clone trooper uh but she thinks it's uh, a mandalorian so she swings on him with a lightsaber and uh, the clone trooper very calmly says man please please stop doing that please stop uh, doing that don't make me. It's don't, an amazing don't. scene. It's so calm because she's such a shitty fighter, and he's so cool and collected. He's like, "Ma'am, I beg you to please stop." And uh, finally, she gra- he grabs her and shoves her down in the stream, and like she loses her lightsaber. And he goes, "Ma'am, please make please stop making me drown you." Uh, I'm begging you. <laughs> and uh, and then he and then and then like he lets her up, and she realizes this is not 
uh, Hoken, this is not this is not the Mandalorian. And uh, he apologizes. Uh, and he's like, uh, you know, I should have made it clear who I was. Sorry about that. And he calls her general. Then he calls her commander, which very unnerving to her and the rest of the audience because she sucks. Yeah, uh, it's. But but that's all he knows Jedi as. And he sees that she's he calls her general and she goes, I'm not a general. And he goes, Oh, you're right. I see now that you have the braid. Commander. Commander. And she's like, <laughs> What? I beg your pardon? I beg your uh, pardon? Yeah. So she's yeah, so just very, very confused. <laughs> she they, she they, goes, What's the grand army? Right. Yeah, she has no idea about any of this shit. Uh no, yeah, she yeah, she's like, I don't know what the grand are. I don't she doesn't know anything. And so this right. guy who is like armed to the teeth, who is a commando, who she's very much thinking in terms of like, this guy has to save my, save me, uh, is going, well, you're, you're in charge. She's like, what? <laughs> like, no, no, you're, you're the man now, dog. Yeah. And she's, <laughs> and she's just kind of shocked. It makes, she makes a point of, of thinking like she, she's completely alarmed by, uh, not just his confidence, but how much confidence he has. He seems to have in her, like he'll, he'll follow her anywhere. That kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, and she's like, well, who, who the fuck was the child I was sensing? And she asks him like how old he is. And he says, I'm 10, uh, which of course he is. Cause he was made in a lab. Like, yeah. I mean, for me, the price is right. You lose horn yeah. <laughs> just kind of played in my head as soon yeah. as I read that. Yeah. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, without, de- like, without a doubt. This is oh, not- man, this really makes every prequel thing a supreme bummer, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it's like, this is this is not great. Uh, we were killing children. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we cut to uh, Hoken admiring his new droid army. Uh, he is thrilled to be with them. Uh, they are heading to Ankit's villa. Uh, and he lets Ankit know, by the way, I'm keeping my droids here. You're staying in your house. Your uh, house is now my base. Exactly, because we are under martial law uh, because the Republic's here. Go fuck yourself. And I beg you, I beg you to push back on this. Please. I beg you to give me a reason. Please <laughs> give me a reason to fuck your day up, your fuck your rest of your life up. And it's, 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 and he's very satisfied. He's like, it's, it's this nice little moment of revenge. Um, we cut to uh, the squad, the, uh, the remaining rest of the squad, they're on their way to rendezvous point beta. Um, but uh, they can't find it. Uh, they, they, they basically have like, they know what they're looking for, uh, but they can't find it. Uh, Fee actually expresses, uh, some frustration at the HQ. Uh, they've kind of bungled this mission. He doesn't, he sees, he says, we're not going to make it, are we? Like, we're going to die down here. Right. Like, this is this, everything has gone wrong. And it's, it's clearly the first time he's ever like fully questioned, uh, the leaders. The, yes. And, uh, and they're bad. They're bad at their, like the leadership is clearly not set up to do yeah anything Com- completely incompetent uh yeah and so yeah and and so the, they they have these memories of their first trainer uh who was a miserable drunk of a man uh who was just as likely to like basically throw clone slurs at them but then he would get into his cups and suddenly recognize their humanity and clearly hated what was happening to them he right. was offended by their existence 
but not by who they were, if, if right. that makes sense. Um, and that's when he would do things like sneak in a little cake sneak or in the cakes like that and them. things like that. Yeah, uh, there's a, really a there's interesting a brief, character. There's a little moment here where um, they say they talk about how the Kaminoans were the only uh, who was it? Fee uh, is thinking he might have been bred for selfless obedience, but he wasn't stupid. The Kaminoan technicians were the only things that truly terrified him. And because and he's thinking about the time when a batch of clones is born with slightly less than 2020 uh, eyesight. Yeah. And they were, they just were disappeared after yeah. their first training exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Fully, fully expendable. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's deeply disturbing. Uh, and, and so they're, 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 they're it's, it's, it really is eye opening. Yeah. Um, and, and that trainer at, at, at some point then says, be proud. However much these ugly gray freaks treat, treat you like cattle. Yeah. And, it's just it's there's so much good stuff there's in this it's book. great it is it's really good <laughs> shit um atten suddenly comes under fire by droids uh they take out the organic leader and uh, and then make short work of the droids themselves and decide they've got to make a marker uh for uh darman uh they basically have to you know they're, they're going to skip this next rendezvous point because it's too close to where this all went down. So they're right. going to go to uh, another rendezvous point and uh, just leave a marker there. Uh, Niner finally gets a chance to ask uh, uh, Atten what he meant by, uh, why have you been Darman? And Atten explains that he's been the last man of his squad twice. Uh, so he knows what, it, and, and one of the first times was when he, uh, they were trying to rescue him. He got separated and they were trying to rescue him. So it wasn't that he disliked Darman for getting, uh, rescued. He just didn't want him to go through the survivor's guilt that he now struggles with, uh, on a daily basis. And he, he just, he tells me someone, someone told me there's this thing called survivor's guilt. And I'm still trying to wrap my damn head around that. Uh, yeah. and then he says, and this is, this is my favorite quote of the whole book so far. He says, uh, he's talking about survivor's guilt and they said they bred a lot of stuff out of us why not that uh and that's you know like that's uh, great uh, yeah it's it's, it, it's and it's so fucking true it's like yeah it's like for all of the shit that they are doing when they play with their genetics um they don't do anything to help them help them feel better after all this is done yeah yeah you know? they they're having trouble dealing with this shit yeah. um Oh, and the one other moment uh, is Atten got shot in the chest. At this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, so, you know, Darman, who they're still trying to, you know, uh, find, you know, is down a leg, basically, as an ACL mm -hmm. tear, some sort of tendon tear. And Atten now has like. They have to do like field work on him just to make sure he didn't have like a collapsed lung. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, because it, it didn't break through his body or something. But like, it's it's bad. It's a serious it's, impact. It's a serious. Yeah, it's a massive bruise on his right on his chest. So yeah, uh, yeah so, they're not they're not doing well. They're not doing um, great. So if I had to if I had to predict anything that this feels like one of those oh they're all gonna die stories. Oh, Doesn't absolutely, it? absolutely. <laughs> 
it feels like they're setting us up for each one of them to get picked off one by one. Uh, yeah, yeah, without question. And I am going to be so bummed out if that happens because they, 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 you want to talk about like getting to know your characters before right. you punish them. Uh, this is uh, ooh, Travis is doing a wonderful job with that. Yes, yes. So. Finally, we cut to Hokan, and he finds the remains of uh, said destroyed drone uh, droid platoon. Um, one of his kiss-ass sergeants runs up and tells him that he, they found something, and uh, it's a it's a pile of droid pieces that uh, where it was a marker that they'd clearly left for Darman. Uh, however, Hokan uh, interprets it as a trophy, as like them mocking him. Yes, uh, so he is pissed uh and marvels over the idea of how much the clones resemble uh Django Fett. Yeah. Um so and that and that is and that is chapter 7 and that is that's all we got uh for today folks. So Kevin, God. uh what are you thinking so far? It's uh it's there's a lot of really good stuff in this book. Just yeah. really good uh war and you can like look at car- like this book and be like yeah, this makes sense why um, she, you know, she, I, I would be, I'm very interested in her Halo books oh, or, me too. Gears, or Gears of War. Um, because There's a reason she does a lot of military science fiction. A lot of good military stuff. Um, yeah. And not just, not even just mm-hmm. like uh, the the stuff where it's like the specifics, the the movements and all that. She does a lot of good work in terms of the human, the humanity in it as yep. well. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. And I also I think there's two times in the book so far where they where hard contact is actually defined. Yes, um, yes, I forgot to bring that up. That's <laughs> the name of the book. The name of the book is Hard Contact, and uh, Hokan mentions it to the doctor at one point. Um, he's like something like, "Yeah, I, I don't think." I don't think the mercenaries I've hired are going to would survive hard contact. And then he said that he defines it for her because he realizes that she wouldn't know what it, and it, right. it's like that hard contact, meaning an actual engagement with the enemy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So and I think that's, yeah, I think that, yeah, that's, that's terrific. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um, okay. So how are you feeling? I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, yeah. I, I'm really, really enjoying it. I agree with you. This is actually, this is the first time that it actually has made me um, excited about the prospect of maybe reading one of the Gears of War books. Sure. Which has always kind of been on the shelf in terms of... Uh, yeah, we've always had it floating out there as a, yeah. As a choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now that I know that this is the kind of fucking quality that she brings to the table, it actually yeah. makes you go, you know what? Could be fucking good. Uh, yeah. So I'm impressed. I like I'm, I've always enjoyed when we get into the military sci-fi shit. Uh, it feels like military sci-fi is where video game adaptations really take it seriously. Really seriously. Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, that's, we even had like a, a, a what was it? The last one, uh, Fire Warrior, like yeah, as yeah. a middling game. And the adaptation is like, well, this adaptation is going to go fucking hard. Well, that, and that's just it. The last two, they they both gone so fucking hard. This one in fire, it's like it's it's crazy. Um, so I'm really impressed. I I I think, and I feel silly for this, but this is actually the first time I ever thought about how immoral 
what they're doing. And that's with the what I wanted to. That's that's yes. Thank you for for reminding me because that's what I was yeah. about to bring up. Is is like it wasn't until, uh, what's her name Etienne or uh-huh. Etienne, um, senses the clone trooper. His his presence in the force is that of a child. Yeah. And he is a was, child for all intents and purposes. And I was like, ew, oh, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. It's an army of child soldiers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 crazy. <laughs> and I and I can't believe it took me that long to like realize that, but this puts it changes everything. It changes yeah. everything. And I never liked the Jedi anyway. Right. Uh, but it changes everything, and it, it, it's it, it just shows you just how immoral and fucked up this whole situation is. Yeah, um, I'm really impressed by that. That's yeah, that's pretty cool shit. So yeah, because like, and and you can get into the whole like, of course, like, all right, well, it was the um, is it there was a it was a Jedi who had a vision of the future mm-hmm. and that we would they would need a clone army and that's why the clone army got started ten years before the war actually happened. Like, there's a whole bunch of shit that goes yeah. into that. But yeah. still, the Jedi are totally cool with using a clone army yep. of of clone just because they look like men. Like he's ten. Yeah. He's a child. He's a child. These are, they are, and they are people. They are, they are people. And they're people. Yeah. Uh, And that's, and this is what they're bred for. They're literally bred for this. And, and, and it's like, and, and, but then again, you think about it, how surprised can you be? The Jedi literally go into people's homes and steal their kids away. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like this kid's got uh, midichlorians. Yeah. Jedi are basically an analog for the Roman Catholic Church. Big time. Yeah, no, fuck fuck the um, Jedi, fuck the church. Uh, <laughs> that's, well, if it, yeah, think about the the Roman Catholic Church in like the, the you know, from like 900 to 1500 or what have you, yeah. where it's like they had an undo, they like controlled countries and shit like that. Uh, you got popes that were just like, you know, bigger than any king and it's like it was like oh shit the jedi are are basically a a church-like institution yeah they're pretty much it yeah yeah they're they're not they're not great they're not they're not the heroes nope they're just the church space cops wizards yeah and uh all jedi are bastards yes exactly (laughs) ajab so yeah uh, yeah. Uh, so now with all of that out of the way, Kevin, I have a single question to ask yes. you. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. is, uh, what are you playing? Oh, okay. I did not expect you to ask me this I realize question. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. So I have been playing a little ditty called RoboCop Rogue City, and I yes. talked about it last episode and, uh, I'm getting pretty close to the end, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the time to beat says about 9 to 11 hour, hours, and I've put just about 8.5 into it, so I think I'm, yeah. I'm getting there. I'm closing it in. It's a fun little game. I can You can shoot some people in the dick. Um, <laughs> you have, you some have of the juiciest headshots I've ever seen in my entire such, life. Such juicy headshots. It's ridiculous. Um, 
just blood everywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually have, like, you can actually get a power-up on the... So there's these things when you're upgrading your pistol. There's these little boards with chips that you slot into them. And some of them, some of the boards have, like, a an upgrade for more gore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How? How? Won't if that you shut like, your computer down after a certain uh, point? It's it's uh, and it just reminds me of uh, the original Fallout games. Yes, where, yes. Uh, there's a perk called Bloody Mess. Yes, and it That's did all nothing. It, does. it did nothing but make people die in the most violent way possible. I love and it, and it's it's brilliant. Um, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's uh, I'm almost towards the end. I've like it's one of those games where I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I can skip most of the dialogue and just get to the question that they're asking me, um, because it's like the story's fine. And actually, there, what's funny is towards the end, there's actually a really good horror. There's like a really good horror sequence. Oh, okay. Um, like three quarters of the way through the game, um, that's kind of been hinted out throughout the game, um, but. Uh, other than that, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with with RoboCop Rouge City. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, the other thing I've been playing is I just started playing um, Fear and Hunger 2 oh, Termina. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Because I, I'd love to do it. Because you hate love yourself. To do it, folks. <laughs> it's actually, what's funny is I fired it up and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to start it. I'm going to play it on easy mode first. And okay. easy mode is not easy in the, in the, in yeah. the Funger games. Um, but uh, it is a bit like, I know next to nothing about Fear and Hunger 2. Like I've seen Super Patch Wolf play it a little bit, mm. um, but I don't. Like Fear and Hunger One, I know like a lot of the broad strokes of where things are, what I need to do, all that stuff. Fear and Hunger Two, I don't. I don't know where items are located, but uh. like I was able to pretty much put like a solid three hours into the game and get to a save point, like a save point like three hours in, and then put another like hour into it before I died and got sent back to the save point. But I'm at a save point like three hours in and I've done some stuff, yeah. you know, like, yeah. oh, okay. You know, I, I don't feel, it's not like as punishing it feels like as the first one where um, like there is, it's a little bit fine, more finely tuned than the mm -hmm. first one. Um, I did have a this bullshit one, And this death. one kind of has like a... Um Masks of Majora kind of thing, right? It doesn't. It, like, it does. It does yes. actually. The so um, so was it Majora's Majora's mask. mask? Yeah. Yeah. Moon name. Mask of Majora. Um. So okay. Uh. So in the in Majora's Mask, the uh the it's called the festival is called Termina, I believe. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. So this and is not a coincidence. <laughs> the moon of Termina appears in Majora's Mask and plays a massive... And it's not a coincidence that it's Termina, that's Fear and Hunger 2 Termina, because it has a the, the moon is in its... Like, there's this moon presence, mm -hmm. and it kind of looks like the moon from Majora's Mask. The difference is... Uh, basically what's going on is as the days of the festival go on, people are becoming what's called moon scorched okay. and they're becoming like mutated from this moon's like 
presence. It's and so you're you're finding villagers and they're like some of them are still like coherent and they're like ah it's like my skin's burning and itching but I can't stop and they're like ripping their own skin off Ugh. and others are like have all, have lost all semblance of sentience and are just running at you trying to kill you. Um, there's this one character who is a doctor um, and. Um, I'm not playing as him, but I had him briefly as like a party member. And uh, when you interact with a dead body, you get a list of options of things you can do with it. Um, and one of when he's in your party, it does it, one of the options is medical examination. Mm. And basically, when he does the medical examination, he like goes through. It's like, well, the skin seems to be falling off, and underneath the muscles seem to be going like growing into this like. There's like a new skin like forming over the muscle. Like he gives this detailed oh. synopsis of what's what's happening to the moon scorched people. Um, so that's that's interesting. And each there's like there's a bunch of playable characters, and over the course of you know time in the um, game. Like as days pass, m more and more of those playable characters ooh, out in the city or whatever, they become moon scorched as well. And they become basically like mini bosses if you don't like save them or whatever uh, okay, before okay. they're before Jesus they're moon scorched. Christ. Um so yeah, that's that's kind of that's that's also a thing that I am playing. Um and I think that's that's it. Uh, I've been firing up World of Horror on occasion. Oh yeah, sure. Um, because the 1.0 came out. I need um, to get back into that. I, I was month. enjoying it. I just fell off that one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's got its full release out, so nice. you know, might as well. It's a good time to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Phil, what are you playing? Uh, well, I actually I'm here to say that I haven't played uh. Marvel Snap in like um, almost a week. What? Yes, uh, I have been playing Warcraft Rumble. Is how is that? It's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> is it like a? Is it a snap like? No, it's um, <laughs> it's a. Uh, hold on, which one is it? It's a. Uh, it, yes, uh, it's kind of like um, uh. uh Clash, uh, what was the name of the game? The one where you like you have a tower on either side and you send people up the board. Um, oh, a tower defense. Yeah, type well, thing, kind right? of. But it's it, it, but you've got you collect instead of cards like in Marvel Snap, you're collecting minis. Uh, okay, so that got my attention right off the bat. And uh, there, some of them are proper characters from Warcraft. Some of them are um, types, you know. And uh, and you are, and it's got a, it's 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 like the Clash of Clans games and stuff like that, except it's got a pretty uh, robust single player. Uh, okay. And you're upgrading the characters. There is a ton of uh, of. Uh, you know, payable shit, uh, which I, I'm, I'm not really all that interested in just yet because uh, I've only been playing it for a week. But it's, uh, but I gotta say, I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, you, you do hit kind of a part where it just, it becomes real tough as nails, and you're like, okay, if I'm not gonna spend money, I'm going right. to need to, you right. know, really. Uh, 
it's gonna take a while, and that's fine by me because I only play these games when I'm bored and I'm pooping or something like that. Um, <laughs> so fuck it. Uh, but uh, but it did it did pull me away from Marvel Snap for almost a week. So that's that's got to be worth something. Yeah. Um, so I'm I, I've been enjoying that. I'm gonna I'm gonna see how long just to ride this out. See how long. Yeah. Uh, see how long it it keeps your attention. Sticks. Yeah. Uh, but the, the I'd say the big game that I played this past week though was Cocoon. Okay. Uh, which is by, uh, I, I believe, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, Jep Carlson, who uh, made Limbo and Inside. Uh, okay. And Inside was one of my top ten games of the year when it came out, and I also liked Limbo quite a bit. And it is very similar to those games. It's that kind of adventure. Uh, I, this guy should teach a class on how to, uh, how to deliver narrative without looking you in the eye and telling you the story. Uh, right. It's all picked up as you go. And you play this uh, beetle, basically, this little this little space beetle, uh, and you are traveling between dimensions and solving puzzles and that sort of thing. And uh, But these different dimensions can be collected as a sphere, basically. Right. And every sphere has a different ability, that kind of thing, and you have to find the right ways to use uh, these spheres and these dimensions to solve certain puzzles. It gets very obtuse. It is. It might be Jep Carlson's best game. It might be the best game he's ever made. It also might be the most difficult, because when you're playing inside, for example, the extent of the puzzles, they, they can be difficult, but they're not they're not going to blow your mind apart. You know, it's, it's right. you know, I've got to figure out how to get these mindless guys over here to turn this lever or whatever. Right. Right. And, right. And you can, you'll get it. You'll get, it. you'll get there eventually. Um, the level of difficulty in these puzzles was such that I used a guide for about 50% of it. Oh, wow. And I am proud of myself that that's all I used it for. <laughs> Some of them are so traveling in because it's like you like you've got to put the dimension within this dimension and put that dimension over here so da, 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 and it's sure it it's so difficult um but the aesthetic is gorgeous the music is beautiful uh it's got this kind of biomechanical uh, did you ever play thumper yes yes it's got it's got thumper vibes like it, not just the fact that you're playing like a shimmery beetle uh it's it's got <laughs> it's it's yeah it's like like metal and organic not biomechanical like hr giger but like right, this kind right. of it's it's beautiful and the colors are incredible um it tells this story that's very strange and i'm not fully understanding it uh but but i loved it and i was fully engaged and it's got it's the first of his games that have boss fights and uh oh, okay. they're very similar to um was it death's door with the raven Yes, yes. It, very similar. The, the the boss fights put me in the mind of Death's Door. And uh, like his other games, literally the only button is you got like the A button. Everything right. is done with the one button and, uh, and, and you know, and the uh, directional pad. And the level of versatility um, that he is able to get out of that single button is nothing short of genius. Uh, this is not... And, and, and I'm put in this funny position where... This is not my favorite of his games, but right. it is unequivocally the best of his games. Uh, it is it That's is awesome. a work of art. It's amazing. That's awesome. I'll have to check it, uh, it out. Was, it's it's absolutely worth checking out. I I love it. I this guy he is he is 
way up there in terms of game designers that from here on out, anytime I hear his name and, and attach to a project, I'm going to, I'm in. Uh, yeah. Because it He's just, re- he knows how to get atmosphere right. And that's right. such a big thing for me. Yeah. Because for me, that guy is like Lucas Pope. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Like he's up there with Lucas Pope for me. It's yeah. it's like if I hear Lucas Pope is releasing a game, I'm like, oh, I'm in. Uh, that's that's it's a done deal. You don't have to tell and, me about it. I'm buying it. No, I'm I don't, I don't care. St- uh, yeah. Or the guy who wrote um, the guy who did. Uh, it was one of our top games last year. The card game, the really creepy one. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, inscription. Uh, what's yes. his name? Yeah. It's a difficult name, if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, Daniel Mullins. No, that's not a, difficult at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, like same same deal. It's like it's like Daniel Mullins. The moment I remember who he is, uh, apparently yes. I will yeah. I will jump on. You don't even need to ask. I will play his games. Uh, right. Because there's just that level of consistency. And this is this is this is the third of his games that I've played, and it just kind just of loved. sealed that deal yeah. for me. Yeah. Uh, absolute work of art. Uh, again. I think I'd play inside again over it just because of the level of difficulty and everything. But I can also look at it objectively enough to be like, oh no, but this is a better game. This is just a better designed game. It's just, it's it's definitely worth a look. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's me. That's what I've been playing. All right. Well, that'll do it for this episode, everybody. A beefy episode to beefy kick off. Episode. Beefy episode. Side of beef. Uh, Riddle, aren't you lucky? Y'all got to lucky. listen to us for almost two hours. Yep. Almost two hours talking about Star Wars. Oh. Um, a Star Wars. How, uh, how did you not? Of course, this was going to happen. Like, like either of us are surprised. Like either, <laughs> either of us are surprised. Uh, if you'd like to hear us and pay us, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/PixelitPod because that is where you can pay us your money. We got three tiers. and $10. And uh, speaking of $10, if you are in the $10 tier, you get a little special shout out uh, at the the, end of the episode. So today, right now, we're going to shout out the person that we shout out every episode. You know who it is. You know who it is. It's Friendly Friends. Friendly Friends. Thank you for being a friendly friend, friendly friends. So, yeah. I know one of you out there is thinking, how could I join Friendly Friends? You know? And yeah. uh, it's simple. Just you got $10, an extra $10 burning a hole in your pocket every month. Go on over to patreon.com slash pixelitpod. Or if that's too many slashes, just put in pixelitpod.com into your browser and it'll take you there as well. How easy is that? Um, I'm going to do otherwise, it right now. Do it right now. I'm gonna do it right now. Phil's gonna do it right now. While Phil's doing that, just to prove how easy it is, and how easy was that, Phil? Uh, I'm there. I'm done. You're there. Okay. You're there. Uh, So simple. So simple. Uh, You know what else is simple? Uh, Following us on social media, on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, on Blue Sky, uh, on all the sites at Pixelit Pod. Go there. You'll love it. You love us. Uh, go to you can find us uh, that we have a discord server uh, that's linked in the show notes on every episode also I haven't called for this in a while because you folks have been rocking it but if you can rate us five stars yes I have not asked in a while but you guys y'all have been uh, just crushing it with the rating us of a five stars but 
I'm just throwing it out there as a friendly reminder. If you haven't, you're listening on iTunes or you're listening on Spotify or you're listening on some other platform that allows for a rating. Go ahead. uh, Rate us five stars. Leave a lovely comment. And uh, that would be awesome. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening tonight. Have a good night, everyone. Good night.